Hello everybody and welcome. Uh, this is something that's a little bit out of my comfort zone. I'm going to be starting a uh, podcast. Uh, I'm talking about college football primarily, whatever sport is in season. I just love any sport and it's my passion. So I'm going to sit down, talk, share my mind. And, you know, if this goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. I might bring in some friends along the way. But let's talk about college football right now. It's uh, November 11th, 2020 at about, we're about to hit five o'clock in central time. Uh, Some major news in college football this week. Four major games have been postponed or canceled. Uh, Three SEC games, including Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Auburn, and Mississippi State. And then in the Big Ten, the the big game. uh, Well, I think it's a big game between Ohio State and Maryland. Uh, We'll dive into all those games along with some hot takes that I personally believe. The Heisman Watch, a game of the week locks of the week and upset watch and any other thoughts that roam through my mind throughout this recording. So let's start off with Alabama versus LSU. Alabama is now for the 13th year in row ranks number one in the AP polls. That is a record. They are 6-0 and and LSU reigning champions. We all know what they did last year but none of that matters right now because they're sitting at 2-3 and three and looking pretty awful. But I want to dive into a last year's LSU Alabama game. I know if this game might be played, it's gonna be really tough. It's a really confusing situation. A lot of factors go into if they should play this game or if they if they shouldn't. But let's dive into last year. I mean obviously as an Alabama fan, I'm a freshman here at Alabama, if you guys don't know. Um it hurts to talk about this, but you know, LSU going into Tuscaloosa being them forty six to forty one, that was that was one of the games of the year last year, you know, really monumental part of LSU's championship season. Uh, Joe Burrow, 393 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, pretty much perfect. Then Tua did have that one interception, but besides that, you know, he 418 yards and four touchdowns. Um, you know, I think one of the main factors going into this game is, you know, you throw last year aside. But if you do look at last year, let's let's look at some of the key factors going into this game if it is going to be played. Yes, Alabama lost Tua. You replace him with Mac Jones. He is probably very, very, very far ahead and leading the Heisman race right now. I'll go into that later, but, you know, Mac Jones, he isn't the most athletic, physically gifted, talented guy out there like Justin Fields, you know. But he's doing amazing things this season. You replace him, you know, that's really, in my opinion, one of the only major losses. Sure, you lost Jerry Judy and and um, Henry Ruggs. But you know what happened last year? Devontae Smith, seven catches, 213 yards, and two touchdowns. That, that's a normal game for him. That's how good he is. He averaged 30 yards a catch. You know, that, that, that's an average game for him. But, you know, you, have, you don't have Jalen Waddle now. That's actually a huge loss. But you look, you look for the rushing stats for last year, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Slade Bolden, got all of them back. You know, you got your most of your, your defense there. I mean, except for the fact, I mean, you were losing really big, really big guys like Xavier McKinney, Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Jennings, and but, you know, uh, Raekwon Davis. But look at this LSU team. I cannot, I, I thought they were going to be decent this year. I knew they weren't going to be a, cha- a national championship contender. But you look at this team, you lose Joe Burrow. Now let's look at their rushing statistics. I mean, Joe Burrow at 64 yards, that that amazed me. I can't believe he he just 
scrambled for his life against Alabama. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, first round pick from the Chiefs, gone. Now let's look at the receivers. Jamar Chase, six catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown last year, opted out this season. Justin Jefferson, gone. Once again, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, gone. Thaddeus Moss, gone. Terrace Marshall is still there. He had two catches for 45 yards in that game. And 29 of those yards were uh, a touchdown, where they just threw it up and he got it. He went up and got it. They lost. Uh, Chasen, they lost Patrick Queen, and Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton, and I believe Derek Sting. No, Derek Stingley's on the team, but boy, was he he's going to get it. He if he if they play this game, he's going to get it from Devonte Smith. But. Now let's fast forward to this season. You got Miles Brennan, okay? You got Tyron Davis-Price. He's been okay. Nothing to make up for last year, though. And let's let's go to Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall, he he's the number one wide receiver in, on LSU. He was amazing last year, but he has 31 catches for 540 yards so far and nine touchdowns. That's, that's honestly, that that's way better than I thought, actually. I didn't... I didn't know he was letting it up like that. Um, but, you know, LSU at quarterback, boy, oh, boy, have they been awful. Miles Brennan was put out to be this hero, and he's okay, I think you can say that he's okay. I mean, he has 60% completion percentage, 11 touchdowns, 3 interceptions. Is that is that anywhere near what they were used to last year? Absolutely not. Joe Burrow maybe had the best quarterback season I've ever seen or anyone else has ever seen from pro or college. I don't think anybody else will ever do what Joe Burrow did last season. But you look at their team this year, this is what blows my mind. They are the 100th and 11th ranked total defense in the FBS. And... 123 teams have played a game. A national cha- a defending national champion has the 111th best, or I can't even say best, 111th ranked defense. That is just, that blows my mind. And then their offense, taking a jump back, everyone knew they were going to take a jump back, but 26th this year? I don't know, man. It, it's, I, I honestly think Alabama could win this game by 50 points if they wanted to, and I expect them, if they play this game, to just stomp on their throats, to not let anything off. They're going to just go 110% from first minute of the game to the 60th. But, um, yeah, that's, that's those are my thoughts right now on Alabama-LSU. Um, next game, Texas A&M and Tennessee. I don't, I'm not going to like dive like way down into these next games because you know I'm an Alabama fan. I like talking about Alabama. You know I go to Alabama. And I hate LSU, but Texas A&M, 5-1, fifth-ranked team against Tennessee. Um, I mean, looking at Texas A&M right now, I mean, they're good. They are. There's no doubt about it. They're good. Uh, we all knew they were going to be good, but fifth in the country looking in on a playoff spot? Are they really that good, though? Like, it's so hard to tell because I, I went to the uh, Alabama Texas A&M game that was in Tuscaloosa this year where Alabama won 52-24, but you you look at this Texas A&M team, you know, besides that 17-12 opening week uh, 
winning against Vanderbilt, they have they've impressed. I mean, they had that game against Florida, really their their key win of the season that really has put them. If they didn't win that game, then forget about it. Florida would easily be taking their spot. But Florida keeps winning now, and that's just going to help and help the Aggies because you if if Texas A&M keeps winning, you really you really can't say that you really can't say that Texas A&M is going to be better than Florida because they always have that knock over Florida. Now, one thing that could be very and I say very 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 monumental for uh, any team really. I mean, you could talk about the SEC right now, but for Alabama and Texas A&M, if they don't make up their games, I think this is more for Alabama. But if they don't make up this game, they're going to, assuming they they win out, which they have, I think, like a 93% chance to win out right now. But, you know, I was reading an article earlier, and I have it pulled up right here. It's from um, CBS Sports, NCAA Football, uh, you know, they said that they might have to cancel this Alabama-LSU game, and they also might have to cancel that Florida-LSU game. Because, you know, if you play the Florida-LSU game, you know, right now it's it's on. It's on for December 12th, and the SEC championship game is going to be December 19th. Um, if you give Alabama an extra bye week to prepare for Florida— that you don't give Nick Saban two bye weeks. Or you don't give Nick Saban any extra time over their opponents. I'm not sure what the current situation will be or what the future situation will be. You give Nick Saban extra time and time to watch another the team you're playing in the SEC championship game to game plan and make strategies. It's over before it begins. And then you put risk for Florida to contract the COVID-19 virus even more, to cancel that game, or injuries. It's really up in the air right now. Nobody knows what's going to happen. This is something that we have never seen before. And, I, you know, I'm just, um, I'm just, I, I don't know. This is, this is, this is crazy. This is, we're all living in a world right now where we're seeing this for the first time. Yeah, that, those are my thoughts. Texas A&M, they're, they really don't control their own destiny. They Maybe if Florida loses or Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship game and they have some other moving pieces happen in their favor, maybe they'll sneak in at the four seed. But they do not control their own destiny when a team like Alabama absolutely does. Florida absolutely does. You know, Florida, they had to win the, the SEC championship game. They have to beat Alabama. Alabama, you know, we, we've seen them before. Um, we've seen them before not make the SEC championship game and make the playoff. And we all know what happened. They beat Georgia in the national championship that game or that year. But we, we, we've we seen some pretty crazy things happen. And there's a lot of teams right now that are competing for this playoff spot but or the playoffs. But um, right now, Alabama controls their own destiny. Texas A&M does not. Florida does. That's the SEC. And then the next game, Auburn versus um, Mississippi State. Really meaningless game. I Auburn, I don't see Auburn doing anything special this season. Uh, Mississippi State's Mississippi State. They have God who knows court at quarterback. They, I think Costello's hurt. Uh, the guy Rogers was awful against Alabama, and then you have Ohio State versus Maryland. This game's canceled. 
in my opinion, if I was an Ohio State fan, I would be very happy. Because this, this Maryland team, sneaky good. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good. What's going to hurt them? I don't think they can make the playoff. I, don't, I really don't think so. Because that loss they have, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt very bad. 43-3 to against Northwestern. Not ideal. But you do have... Not you don't have Tua's younger brother. You don't have Tua's younger brother. I hate when people say Tua's younger brother. You have Talia Tungavailoa, who in the last two games has been playing out of his mind. You go to that win against Minnesota. He had twenty six. Uh, he went twenty six for thirty five, uh, three touchdowns and three hundred ninety four yards. Unreal. Then you go at Penn State. Not sure if they had fans in the in the stands, but at Penn State, you carry them to a win. 18 for 26, 282 yards, and three touchdowns. This man, if he keeps this up, he could be running for the Heisman. I'm not saying he's going to be, but, you know, you really set aside that that game against Northwestern where he had what, 14 for 25, 94 yards, and three interceptions. That was, that was his first start of his college career, and... I don't think that's a sign of things to come. I think the two games that he recently played, pretty pretty impressive. Um, and for Ohio State, I mean, they're looking phenomenal as as expected. Fifty two seventeen against Nebraska, thirty eight to twenty five against Penn State, and then beating taking care of Rutgers. They now get a bye week, right? Oh, wow. They now get two weeks to prepare for uh, Indiana. They're going to host Indiana, and I'll get to Indiana in a little bit, but you look at Ohio State, and they're, they're, they're the real deal. I mean, obviously we knew that they were going to be the real deal. You got Justin Fields right now, just shy of 1,000 yards through three games, 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. That's, on, that's in the air. On the ground, he has only 57 yards and, what, two touchdowns? That's, that's okay. I think he's going to really, I think those numbers are going to go way up. I think he's going to compete for the Heisman with Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, but it's 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 all up in the air right now. We're very early in the season. Trey Sermon, you know, that's a very underrated transfer from Oklahoma. I think he's going to be very, very good. He hasn't, he hasn't reached the end zone yet, but he, he has 172 yards on the season on 36 carries. Pretty good yards per rush. Uh, but yeah, Ohio State, definitely a team to look forward to. Uh, definitely a team to consider national championship contenders i think ryan day has a really good group of guys there and that was my that's my run uh rundown for the games that got canceled and hopefully will be played besides ohio state maryland um i don't know if you guys have read my recent article i wrote um but i just ran down some thoughts i'm gonna go over that real quick these are my hot takes and some not really hot takes some just takes on college football right now uh looking at texas they're not back they're not back. 29 points allowed if you take away that cupcake game against uh, University of Texas El Paso. Sam Ellinger, I don't think he's elite. I really don't. Um, he's just, he's okay. Will he be okay in the NFL if he gets drafted to the right team? Yeah, I guess. He hasn't bailed out his team in when they need him the most, in my opinion. I think the game that I look back to the most is that LSU game last year. You know, he, I guess you can play him the defense, but... He didn't make enough plays that game to to propel his team to win. That really would have set the tone for the season as it was an early 
home game would have been an unreal home win for them. And, you know, that if they ended up winning that game last year, who knows what would have happened. You know, you could talk about LSU not winning the national championship. You could talk about Texas winning, like, being the team. But, you know, things didn't go their way. That's that. Um, Michigan being 1-2, and two, which is awful. Indiana and Michigan State easily should be 3-0. I don't think Indiana is the real deal. I don't understand. I just, this is a crazy season. Anything's going to happen, but fire Jim Harbaugh. Fire him now. Some interesting thoughts on their next head coach, which I think should be their next season. Um, you can make a case Urban Meyer would be a very, very interesting signing. He knows how to win. Yes, he was at Ohio State. Yes, he does not like Michigan, but that would be he's the best coach available right now. That's that's a fact. And then the second guy I think that really comes to mind is Desmond Howard. Uh Right now, he's on ESPN. He's an analyst. He knows a lot about the game. He's young. He can work with the players. He knows. He definitely knows the players. Um, I think he would make a really interesting coach, and I think if they're going to ex- try to experiment, why not be right now? They're clearly in a weird spot right now with their program, and I think it's time to experiment with new things. I don't think I don't think Jim Harbaugh is the, the answer to their questions as, you know, he hasn't been Ohio State. He has one bowl win in his time there so far, and what, he's 10-14 against ranked teams? That's awful. That is not what a winning coach uh, brings your team to. Penn State, absolutely awful. 0-3, I cannot believe they're 0-3. I knew they weren't going to be elite this year, but 0-3 to start the season, awful. They're at, they're, they can only go 5-3 and now. Um, they'll be lucky if they do that, but we'll see. Uh, so now, let's go into um, my Heisman thoughts. Uh, right now, I think right now I think Al, uh, the quarterback from Alabama, Mac Jones, Mac Jones is the best quarterback in the in college football. I he has the stats to prove it. He has the record to prove it. Right now he's uh has a seventy eight percent completion percentage, and uh, he has sixteen touchdowns, two interceptions. And you look at his two interceptions; they're both tipped, I believe. I know one of them was tipped. Not sure when the other one was tipped, but if, let's let's look at let's look at Joe Burrow's stats from last year: seventy six percent completion percentage. 60 touchdowns and six interceptions through what that was 15 games. I think Alabama is going to be playing 10 games, so he's definitely on pace. I think right now, what let's let's do some math real quick. Let's do some math to figure this out. So he is on pace. This is assuming, knock on wood, this is assuming that Alabama is going to make the national championship. Joe Burrow played. 15 games last year, the max amount of games right now, assuming they play LSU and that they don't have any other games to be canceled and that they make it to the national championship, he is on pace in 13 games, two less games than Joe Burrow, to go for 4,758 yards per game uh, in the, on the season, sorry, 35 touchdowns and four interceptions. I mean, touchdowns nowhere near Joe Burrow because what he did was unreal in 15 games, but... You know, he's under 1,000 yards in two less games and less interceptions. Uh, completion percentage is better. Uh, if we're looking at Joe Burrow having the best season of all time by quarterback, Mac Jones is pretty damn close. It's pretty damn close, and if his draft stock doesn't go up like Joe Burrow's did, I'll be shocked. He could end up being a top-10 pick. not saying he's going to, but it definitely could happen. So right now, he is my Heisman front runner. Obviously, um, 
if Trevor Lawrence was healthy, do I uh, do I think that he would be the front runner? Sure, I think he could, especially if he comes back and just absolutely dominates like he is, like he is. I mean, he's what played uh, he's played seven games. Um, no, he's played six games. I'm sorry, he's put up unreal numbers. I mean, can't really say that he hasn't. I mean, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions, and uh. 1800 yards um he is he does have better statistics than mac jones but we all know statistics isn't really everything that goes into heisman um except for a 70 uh, percent completion percentage which is about is just eight percent not saying it's a big thing but you know uh what i think might hurt trevor lawrence is that Dabo sweeney is doing a lot with nick Saban and david tua he's really just holding him you know not playing him the whole game i think that's why tua really lost the uh Heisman to um, Kyler Murray that year when we all knew Tua was the better player, in my opinion. Um, but you know, Trevor Lawrence is really lighting it up, and I think at number three, it's got to be Justin Field. So right now, I mean, he's only played three games. He's only played three games. You can't really say anything too too much about him. Uh, but we, he's expected where he really is where we thought he would be. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I think the rushing numbers are a little bit low, but he has, he has time to get those up. I mean, he's only going to be playing eight games instead of, what, ten for a couple of the other teams. But, you know, he's definitely someone to look for. Uh, at number four, uh, I do have I have Zach Wilson, the quarterback for BYU. I mean, they have been surprising. They have been unreal. I think a great story for them. Are they? I think they might be an independent team. I'm not sure. Um, but Zach Wilson has been lighting it up. In how many games has he played? I'm not even sure. I haven't really been following BYU that often. Uh, um, so they've played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They played eight games. So they've they've played a lot of games. They're very close to being done with their schedule. So far, 2,500 yards, just over. Uh, 22 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's it's been really good. 75% completion percentage, I think. He's he isn't gonna get the respect he deserves just because of the weak schedule he's played. You know he doesn't play in the SEC. He doesn't play in the Big Ten or the ACC, or the Big Twelve. You know he doesn't play in the Power Five conference. But um, you know BYU is good. They're really 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 good. Um, I th- I don't know. Are they in a are they an independent team? I re- I really don't know. I'm looking right now. I think they're an independent team yeah they're an independent team uh them and liberty right now are the best team so far uh liberty's 20 uh 7 and 0 22 in the country byu though eight eighth in the country if they if they went out maybe they'll have a chance to sneak into that four spot uh and then number five Najee harris i, I don't really know what else you can say about that uh Najee harris has just torn it up this year you know, I was very skeptical skeptical about him. Um, I don't know. I didn't think he was doing that well. And then, yeah, then <laughs> Najee Harris really stepped up to the plate. You can go back to that uh, Ole Miss game. He had five touchdowns right now, 714 yards and uh, 14 touchdowns. He averages six yards carry. Uh, really hasn't played a lot in the fourth quarter, but he he's definitely someone to look forward to. Uh, 
probably will be the number one running back taken next year. I mean, him or Travis Etienne, both really good options. Travis Etienne, I don't, I don't think you can put him over Najee Harris in the Heisman race because Etienne has just not produced. Let's be honest, he has not produced to his potential. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. He, he, I think just because his name's gonna get recognition, but right now, let's put Najee Harris in that five spot. All right, to finish this uh, first episode off, I'm going to go over the game of the week, upset of the week, and our locks of the week. Um, I think the game of the week is going to pro- – I mean, it's a very weak schedule. Don't get me wrong. It's there. This There's not a lot of good games. So this isn't really a marquee matchup that we all have marked in our calendars, but I guess you could say the game of the week right now is Notre Dame versus Boston College, you know, 330 kick on ABC. Uh, Boston College is hosting them, and honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this the uh, upset of the week. I think I'm not saying BC is gonna pull it off, but you look you go back to that Clemson game. Clemson they brought Clemson to the end. They really controlled that game up until like the midway point of the third quarter. But you know, I I think uh, Notre Dame has a good defense. BC has a very solid defense. You know they're. Both around 300 yards per game led up, you know, BC closer to the 400 mark. Um, total yards per game, though, I mean, BC right there, 367 yards per game. They can pass the ball and somewhat rush the ball. But I, re- I really think that uh, what's going to win them or hopefully somehow win this game for BC is their rushing defense. You look at the yards per game for Notre Dame, 227 yards per game. BC allows 143 per game. If they can limit their running game, I think, I think they have a uh, they have a chance. Um, that's my game of the week and the upset of the week. Uh, I think the spread right now is 13 and a half in favor of Notre Dame. Definitely, definitely take BC the 13 and a half. I'm not gonna. I'm not telling you to bet. I'm not telling you to spend money. But if you were, I think right now this would be a game that you could maybe do that for. Over under forty nine. I'm not really sure. That can go either way. That's a really, 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 really close over under to predict. But right now, ESPN has them at eighty six percent chance to win. That's what I find that interesting. Um, and then that's my game of the week and the uh, upset of the week. I think my lock of the week. You're gonna go six number six Florida hosting Arkansas. You got Florida favored by seventeen and a half. Take them. Kyle Trask playing amazing. They're coming off a huge win against Georgia, where they just flat out dominated Georgia, in which. I don't think George is legit. We'll get into that next episode. Um, yeah, you're looking, you're looking at a uh, Florida against Arkansas, over under sixty two, probably go under. I think Arkansas is going to really have trouble scoring. I don't think Florida is going to score above fifty. Um, expect like a forty five to ten uh, win right there for Florida. Uh, other games, just thoughts, final thoughts. Um, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I think, is coming back against Michigan. That's a huge game for Michigan if they want to have any chance. I mean, what, you had, uh, who, they had, Wisconsin hasn't played in, like, two or three weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks. Um, they played Illinois on that Friday night, first Big Ten game of the season. Um, yeah, uh, their quarterback went off. Uh, what's his name? Mertz, I think. Graham Mertz is his name. He is a freshman quarterback. He went off. He did go off. He had 248 yards and five touchdowns against Illinois. Uh, they ended up winning that game by a lot. Um, that's definitely someone to look forward to. Obviously, you can't make assumptions that he's going to be in the Heisman race at the end of the season because one game against 
bad Illinois team. But yeah, that's that's my uh, those are my thoughts on college football and this week. Nice little podcast episode right here. Over the thirty minute mark now. Uh, not sure how much it will be when I edit it, but if you guys did take the time to listen or listen to part of it, I really do appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot. This is something I really want to try to get into, you know, right now or when I'm older. So uh, any of you matters. Um, I'm really thankful for you guys if you do watch it once again. And I hope you guys ha- stay safe during this pandemic. Uh, you know, it, if you're traveling home, if you're a college student, please travel safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. Don't be dumb. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you later.